Back for another week. You're tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo here with Matt Beatty. G'day, boys. G'day. <laughs> like, no, no, in, no intros today. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah there's, there's, I was thinking, I was like, should I just say lockdown, Matt, Matt Beatty? But then Jake's <laughs> locked down and I'm locked yeah. down. Mate, it's rose gold metal vibes over here. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen all that. How good's that? I don't like referring to it as bronze anymore. Rose gold. <laughs> um, and of course, Jake Eisenberg, who you're hearing giggling off in the background there. That's me. You guys are very funny today. That was good. <laughs> today. <laughs> today, yeah. I mean, yeah, today. <laughs> um, Summer League, fellas, free agencies. Are you, you loving it? Look, you know, you mentioned being in lockdown. I've been, I've definitely watched more summer league this year than I've ever watched in the past. <laughs> um, not sure I learned anything, really. Uh, it's not exactly the highest level of basketball. A lot of quick threes. Yeah. Not a lot of defense. Some really, really fringe. I'm not sure I'd even call them fringe NBA players, but you know, you got some Michael Beasley's out there, which is fun to see. Mm. Kenneth Reed, very mm. weird. On the, on the redemption trail, those two. Mm. But yeah, obviously the highlight was Peyton Pritchard looking like a combination of Steve Nash and Dame Lillard um, until the well, final. We'll, yeah, we'll get to that, won't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, all right. Yeah. Well, you know what? We might as well kick in with Summer League because that's fresh in the mind and we were just talking oh. about it. Yeah. So, fellas, who was your... <sighs> did, did, did anyone stand out to you through this three to four weeks of as you say, fringe NBA basketball? I don't know. Like the, fir- the first few days are fun. You get to watch like the, the top draft picks play. Yeah. And they had that Cade Cunningham versus um, Jalen Green. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. So, that, so that's fun to see. Um, basically, you just want to see those guys not suck. <laughs> but like, but remember Trey Young was awful in Summer League. It's and, true. And uh, which was surprising because, you know, Summer League is kind of built for bucket getters which is kind of why Jalen Green looks so good um, but I'm not sure I really learnt anything massive Cade looks fucking swish in that Pistons uniform if mm. he can bring back the Pistons vibes I'll be that'll be cool um, Jalen Suggs is my favourite though he just he's everywhere yeah he like, is he is impressed I haven't I, I'll be honest I haven't seen all these games but the the couple where I've tuned in for a bit in and out he's always looked hot I think uh, Cole Anthony uh, should probably be worried that he's going to be playing on a different team, which actually could be a bit good thing because I'm not sure he wants to be in Orlando anyway. Yeah. Number three guy behind yeah. uh, Markel Fultz and Suggs now. You're still holding on to the Fultz dream. No, no. We, we, <laughs> we spoke about this not long ago. I, I, st- I still wholeheartedly believe Fultz can be a useful, good player. Yeah, man, but I, like, agree. I actually do agree with you. Yeah, but like yeah. the the superstar ceiling, it's it's out the window. It's gone. The consensus number one overall pick in a draft that had Tatum, Bam, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. There's talent oh, in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that was fun. He's he. I think Jalen Suggs is going to be awesome because he does everything like chase down blocks, hustle, just you know that kind of that kind of guy. Mm. Plus the pretty high offensive ceiling. Uh, the Warriors guys, I was in fun. Like, look, like I enjoyed They've been great. tuning in. Yeah. Uh, Kaminga, 
if you if you haven't seen his nickname floating around, <laughs> go um, have a look. <laughs> go have a look. I, hopefully, it doesn't stick because yeah. that's a rough one. Yeah, they didn't want Time Lord to stick. They definitely yeah. don't want this one no. to stick. But but he, uh, I wish I haven't. I didn't see much of him in the G League, obviously. But he's a he's a big boy. He's body wise, physically, one hundred percent ready for the NBA. And I think with a simplified role around Stephen Clay and Dre, yeah, I think he could actually could actually contribute but again try not to get too crazy about what i saw in, in summer league no but like the, i think with the warriors summer league team moody as well who i think's looked also really good yeah he's okay like the how they're playing in summer league isn't going to be too dissimilar from how they're playing in the actual warriors team they just got and if anything they'll have mm. less responsibility because they've got Four all stars around them. Oh yeah, it'll be. Com- oh, I see. It, it'll be completely different because Kaminga like won't have the ball in his hand. No, no, yeah, most I'm, of the time. I mean, like the the general flow of how the summer league teams trying to play kind of mimics how the regular Warriors try and play. Except, yeah, they won't have summer league teammates. They'll have some of the best ever. Um, yes, they can contribute one hundred percent. I think like Kaminga in particular, he can have a, a rookie role for sure. And I was saying to Beatty off. Mike before, but Cam Thomas, the guy the Nets drafted, he ended up being co-MVP with Davion Mitchell. Just a bucket, another mm. bucket for this team. And like, who knows how much he'll play this year, but now they've got, you know, the best, you know, really good Kyrie insurance with Patty Mills. And and then another rookie who can just come in and get buckets as well. It's just mm. the level of bucket getting on this team is just it's a shame. Unreal. It's a shame for Mike James. He's been... My little, my little Mike James. Of course, of course <laughs> he's been kicked off the team, but um, I'll keep my eye on him regardless. It will be yeah. fun to watch the Nets, though, mm. especially like yeah. I don't know. I get, I'm getting this. This is totally off topic, but I'm getting this mm. feeling from KD this year. Like it's going to be a big, big KD year. I think. I think I, I was I was having a look at MVP odds, and his name definitely kind of. Uh, stuck out to me because I, I hopped on him hopped, hopped on him last year but he got injured but he just seems to be I don't know I think that the other two guys are going to do too much for him to actually win MVP but I think you're right he's just yeah, alien KD is, is yeah. here to stay I think um, that that he's got a genuine desire to um clear his name of the Warriors gave you titles not you yeah yeah but he's still, he's still going to cop that because he's got James yeah, yeah, Harden yeah. and Kyrie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. whatever. Exactly. Um, but something that I because like you know I'm not I'm, I haven't been a massive summer league guy in the past. So I've been reading about what's like how like how am I supposed to feel about summer league? Is this real? Um, and what I've taken away from Sam Vecini, he wrote a cool article in the Athletic. Um, it's for the second year guys that that go. You want to if, if they don't look good, then you start to get a little bit worried because. They've had a year in the NBA mm. and they should be kind of able to more or yeah. less dominate across summer league. And a few guys that were really good, Maxi mm. was unstoppable in this in this setting. And obviously you don't want to read too much into whatever that means, but if he can turn into a legit guy, that's kind of exactly what they're missing. And remember when he came in in the back end of that Hawk series? He like swung, uh, was it game six? I think it was. And he like having a, that 
perimeter creator that they that they've been missing dearly. If he can take take that next step forward and be a guy that that's an absolute gem that they find in the back half of the first round, and he looks like he might be able to do it. Hundred percent. Like you almost ex- as as you said, second year guys, you want him to come in and kind of flex during summer league. And, like, he was playing in really important Sixers matches at the end of the season. So it makes sense that he's coming into Summer League and just, like, having his way. Yeah, exactly. And quickly, more more of the same uh, in that scenario as well. Yep. Same with Maxi. He was just really good. I was about to say quickly. And his teammate, Obi Toppin, has taken pretty big strides, it seems, as well. He doesn't mm. seem so off the pace like mm. he did to start his first year. Yeah, it's crazy, man, like how quickly people want to write some of these guys off. Yeah. You know, Obi, Obi Toppin didn't have an awesome rookie year, but dude, guy's 20 years old and had a rookie season. It's how many how many guys do we have to wait for until year three and year four where we see them really take off? Like John Collins this year, mm. RJ Barrett this year. Um, so, yeah, I think a bit of patience. Everybody's so quick to write their bust articles that, they realize these guys are 20 and 21 years old. But um... Another two summer league guys, uh, first and second year, who I jotted down as someone we should bring up because I thought they were both pretty good, was Patrick Williams from the Bulls coming back say. for his second year. He looked great. <laughs> that is so encouraging. Yeah. That's everything I wanted to see from him and more. So very happy about that. It just kind of further cements my point from last episode that DeRozan was a complete unnecessary signing. But anyway, yeah. that's a story for another day. Patrick mm. Williams looked good. And um, Shengun, the Turkish player, mm. he looks cool too. I think he's he going to be fun. a really good offensive player pretty quickly. Yeah, no, he, he looks like he's ready to go. Mm. Uh, very old school. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of post touches. Yeah, Beatty, I, I think you're going to like this guy, Shengun. Yeah, I think I caught either some highlights or I, I like you too. I, I've, this is probably the least amount of summer league I've actually watched in the last, I don't know how many seasons. Mm. So my, my interest has been pretty low yeah. in it. You didn't miss but, much, I'll be honest. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I did, um, I did, I did catch some of, of one of his games and mm. uh, I fell into a little bit of a YouTube wormhole of, mm. of European highlights. And uh, yeah, definitely he's, um, I think he, he ticks all the boxes for what, you and I look for in European players, at least, Josh, I think. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be fun. And uh, he's playing on a fun team too. Yeah, the Rockets can definitely have some fun potential. I don't think they're going to be very good, but they definitely have have some fun they have in like them this year. five, six, maybe even seven guys who, if you just give them the ball and tell everyone to get out of the way, they'll try and score 50 points. So oh, there's, yeah. there's <laughs> like, definitely we're, – we're, we're headed for a Kevin Porter Jr., <laughs> Jalen Green dust-up, like, second day of training camp. There's absolutely no doubt about it. But uh, that's all I part talk, of the fun, isn't it? Oh, of course. Of course. Um, and then I guess to wrap it up, we had uh, the Summer League Celtics, baby. The, the Celtics are back. Summer League Celtics were incredible until mm. – uh, the final where they got run off the court. But uh, Peyton Pritchard, I uh, mentioned looking like Steve Nash and um, Dame Lillard range. Like this kid shoots from the logo, absolutely no problem now. And he was doing it a lot last season, but it looks like he's extended the range even more again. And I was looking it up. He was 30th in the league in sh- uh, three-point percentage last year. So top 30 shooter 
is just a really big deal for this Celtics team. And his playmaking looks like it's gotten better, but it makes sense. He was a four-year college guy, plus had a good rookie season. It makes a lot of sense that he was good. But the guy that we were really hoping to see more from was Neesmith, mm. the guy we drafted 14th overall. And he looks like he actually is going to be someone that cr- cracks the rotation and someone I actually think I want to start for the Celtics based on how good of a shooter he looks like he can be. And not just a shooter, he can get into the lane. He's been getting getting to the rim, some mid-range stuff. The defense is a little bit of a question, but I think next to some other defenders, he'll be fine. Um, but then we made it to the final, and Davion Mitchell, whose nickname I only learnt uh, in the final, off day. Off day. Incredible, because whoever he plays, their best player tends to have an off day. And Peyton Pritchard was in jail, man. He, <laughs> he had an off day. He had day. a rough one. And he, it was like, he was turning into the summer of Pritchard. He came in, was averaging like a triple-double on 20-plus points, shooting like 60% from three. Went to the Portland Pro-Am, dropped 92 uh, against Mike James's 65. Another Pro-Am the next day, dropped 60. And then came back for the championship. And oh, Celtics fans are, we're going 82. And oh, this well, this rotation, they, they, they'd be a seventh seed in the East, like this summer league team. And uh, yeah, Davion lived up to his name. Peyton Pritchard, <laughs> I think, uh, got a little piece of humble pie. Me and my dad thought that maybe we needed a little bit of humble pie. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, we didn't we didn't see the Celtics losing a single game yeah. this whole season at that point, so <laughs> so it was it was definitely uh, it is needed. it is pretty cool how the yeah. the Celtics fervor can just like shoot up in, <laughs> into red hot spiking <laughs> levels immediately. Yep, and then uh, I guess the, the summer league Celtics guys that we also liked, yeah, Madar mm-hmm. from Israel had a nice little um, start, but then they signed Schroeder, so he'll end up back in Israel. But then this guy we signed, uh, drafted with the 45th pick, Johan Berlin, okay. uh, from from France, 18 year old, six foot six, thick, guard, mm. but like just a just a super freak kind of athlete, um, so raw, but a lot of potential, and actually looked like okay. So another guy that I can watch grainy highlights of throughout the season yeah. and get excited for next year's summer league. I think in the in the draft those like second round European, really young, like 18 years old guys. Who knows what you've got in that? You, you could have yeah. a really good player. You could have a nothing. Like, you gotta, it could be Jokic. Yeah, this could be you, the French Jokic. You, I don't know. you got to have a punt. Um, <laughs> um, how, yeah, how about while we're on the Celtics Summer League, Romeo Langford, I've been... Oh, mate. I've had my eyes on him for a few years now. How'd he go? How'd you get eyes on him? He hasn't played. Yeah, <laughs> when, when he got drafted, I was all in on him on that draft. Oh man, look, I was very excited about Romeo. Um, it was the it was a quintessential Romeo experience. He would disappear, then he would throw down the, the dunk of the tournament. Disappear, hit a couple of threes, dunk of the tournament. He had an off night because he like, he was just off because he got a day of rest in summer league. It's like what the what's going on? And then he missed the final because he's injured. Mm. On, a, on a wrist that he had surgically repaired last year. So he he's he seemed like like you were talking about before, the guys that have a bit of NBA experience, you you hope they come into summer league and just like flex. You gotta really show out. And it seemed like he was just kind of playing a bench role. <laughs> well he was he like dude, he was good in the net series, even though the others got smacked. Like he was legitimately good in the net series. And I don't know, man. I don't know. I I think he lost all his minutes at this point. Mm. Like he needed to come in and show that he was ready to go. And now I think he's at the end of the rotation unless he shows a lot in training camp. But 
I think that's probably enough on summer league Celtics. <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's only one, in general. there's only one last summer league guy I want to bring up because I okay. want I want everyone's it, opinion Josh. on what what is this? What do we? Is there a, a future star in on our hands? Is it is it nothing? Is it something we should just like turn a blind eye to? Bowl bowl. And oh, don't do this. Hit me. I thought. Hit me. I thought you. I, th- I thought you were talking to go. I want Leangelo Ball. I wasn't sure <laughs> where you were going. I wasn't sure where you were going with this one. Leangelo Le- um... Ball was a bit of fun, but Bol Bol was crazy. Like this guy. Yeah, that's what switches he does. On, he switches onto the perimeter, blocks the guy's shot from behind him, catches it because he's so tall, and then will just dribble the ball up and jack up a three or dunk it. Like he seems if like a wa- cheat code. If you watch the Bol Bol highlights, you're like, well, surely. He's the best player in the NBA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he, he can run the fast break, dribble behind the back, pull up three. But dude, this guy, not. Nah, it's no. Nah, I'm, I'm not even gonna bother with with this. He's just, he's just like a novelty. He's like a skilled taco. He needs to go to Europe and make a lot of money. I don't think he's he doesn't he doesn't try on defense. He it's the highlight player, or he's not in the play. Um, if he ha- doesn't have the ball, he's not doing anything. Yeah. No. Okay. No, this is valuable intel. You're not buying it. Um, I'm. No. I'm very. Hey, curious. It's not the first time we've seen him. He's been around. No, no, I know. But he's he got like a pretty extended run in the summer league, and he held it together the whole time. It wasn't like a a flash yeah, here, but... a flash there. All right, Beatty. You, you, you might not have caught much. <laughs> no, of I don't. All the whole takes. It literally doesn't do anything for me at all. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I I thought you were going to go with Josh Giddy as as the the take. To, oh, he only played the, a couple the, of minutes. But yeah, but that it's the Aussie, it's the Aussie <laughs> connection, man. Like, it was, yeah. this is a big deal for Australian basketball. That so. was the worst part of summer league. Yeah. Oh, by far. I would have yeah. watched a lot more if, if he was yeah. able to stay healthy and, and get a bit more runs. But, uh, yeah, like, mate, Bob, I, doesn't, I don't care. You may as well be talking about Thon Maker at this point. Um, I'm just curious because, uh, like, looking at him, you see his frame is so slender. But then, like, I look at someone like Christian Wood, and he's making it work, and he's just as slender and just as long and... Oh, it's tantalizing. He, he, dude, there was a reason he was uh, projected to be a top five pick in the beginning of that college season. Mm. He just got injured and doesn't seem to have kind of panned out. But there's a reason. It's absurd the kind of stuff that he's able to do at that size. Mm. Like, well, for, yeah. foreshadowing. I'll, I'll keep my eyes on him throughout yeah, this I'll, season. I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll save you to the yeah. <laughs> the pain. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that'll be your scouting task for the season. <laughs> ball, ball, got it. Um, uh, okay, well, that's enough. Yeah, summer league, bit of fun. You know, we saw bits, we saw that, we saw this. But uh, more importantly, some superstars of our league got signed to pretty gargantuan deals across the board. Um, and Loyalty is back. Well, we'll, we'll get into this. This seems to be the take I'm hearing. Um, hit me. Okay. Go on. Okay, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. I have written in my notes. Loyalty is back! Exclamation point. <laughs> Jimmy Butler max extension. Joel Embiid max extension. Giannis max extension. We're not seeing at least the last year or two. Um, the movement of the star players Kawhi, another example cp3 we're not seeing guys opting for the free agency and i think it's it mostly has to do with the amount of money the supermax is like joel Embiid can just take 200 million dollars off the table and clean his hands and that's that's you know yeah some of these guys are making quarter of a billion fucking dollars 
you'd be you'd be crazy not to not to do it. And I'm wondering if, if this is going to be a swing back the other direction where we start to see players spending more of their careers, longer of their careers with with one team. I personally hope so. I think it's better for the league and better for the stories to see teams like the Warriors are obviously the best case scenario where you have these homegrown teams that, that come together, get their second contracts together, and then they become like an error mm. in that team's history. Or is it sign the Supermax and then you force your trade after you got the money? Because I think that's where you and Josh. Yeah, well, like we, 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 we kind of touched on this off mic. Why are players signing all these deals with their existing teams? There doesn't seem to be as much movement in free agency where, like, you know, LeBron signs for Miami Heat and Chris Bosch goes there with him and blah, 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 blah. And more decision. Yeah. And I, as cynical as it may sound, I really do think in the past couple of years, the, the player power has shown us that if a good player who makes a lot of money doesn't want to be with his team anymore and wants to go somewhere else, they will force a trade. It will happen. Whether his team gets shafted, whether they don't, whether they get a good deal, doesn't matter. If he doesn't want to be there, he will be able to force a way out. So in that line of thinking, I can just move later. Why wouldn't you sign the, the Gigantamax deal with your current team, knowing that I can lock this money up, the next team that I force my trade to still has to pay me it? Like uh, uh, To me, it, I cynically think it's just a money thing. They need to mm. get that bag and then they'll figure out where they want to play after. Because if they, if they try and sign with a different team, they can't. The rules won't let them sign that much money. Yeah, I don't even think it's a cynical thing. I think this is just this is professional sport, and this is a, another. This is all part of it. Like it's yeah, I agree with you, Josh. I, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a trend one way or another. I just think that the market right now, the situation that a lot of these superstars are in, they're happy to, to sort of stay. I, I don't, you know, where is there a better situation for Kawhi Leonard? Pro- probably that, not. That's another. Is there point, a better situation like... for KD? Probably not. So you know, Joel Embiid, like that's they're probably in their 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 best situation. So. There's well, not. It beats not, but yeah. No, well, but he, he I, could I, be. I think, I th- yeah, and I think Philly will make the moves to to make it a better situation for for Embiid. I think they should, but I mean that's, I mean Philly is a case study in general. Is an <laughs> interesting one because you, I mean Ben Simmons is a perfect example of here's a guy who is more most definitely on the trading block, but you know what happens there and and. Uh, I, does Ben want to be traded, but, you know, not actually putting in a trade request and, you know, who, who knows, but like definitely the, the power is with the players at the moment. Mm. And I, I think whether or not that means them forcing trades after signing long-term deals or, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's just them waiting out until they get to free agency. Yeah. I, I agree with the sentiment that they, if the money's offered to you, you take it and worry yeah. about it after the fact. So, I think I, the truth is I'm probably somewhere in the middle here. Mm. Um, one thing, though, is that we haven't seen anybody force a trade with that many, with four or three or four years left on their deal yet. Anthony Davis, he was expiring. Um, who am I? Uh, it's us- James Harden. It's usually one, that two, two years to go mark is yeah, when you start James, to... Exactly. James Harden was at the back end of his deal as well. So, like, if, you know... The reason Ben's getting traded is because I think everybody wants to move on. It's just the Sixers want to make sure they get the, the right return. 
if Dame requests a trade, is, like did Portland gonna do it with four years on the deal if the trade option is is really bad? Well, like the way these players are acting, you kind of have to, because otherwise you got James Harden in his fat suit, not wanting to be there. Like you got to do like, something. But like, there's a difference between you know, I'm going to do this for a whole season, and I'm going to do this for three years. It's that's true. You know, and yeah. so I think I think it's very interesting to see to see what happens here, um, and the the move of creating cap space doesn't seem to be the way to get the stars anymore. And this is why President Brad is doing an incredible job. But like, you know, that, you know, you, you create these trade exceptions. You're doing, it's all sign and trades now. Mm. A lot of sign and trades. Like Kyle Lowry, the Heat had no, no way to be able to get him. But oh, I think actually they could, they could have signed him. But the way to, to maneuver these, these deals is completely different now. Anthony Davis trade, James Harden trade. It's, it's not the free agent cap space anymore. Because I guess I guess the um, the players are forcing their way out, which is better for the teams that are that are staying. I but, I, yeah. I I'm gonna throw a slight rebuttal to that. In that mm. you're right, that is how it's all been going. But it could be a product of just how the teams are set up right now. Like we've been banging on for a year plus how parity is being restored uh, restored to the NBA. And all the teams are getting a little bit more even, and we don't really know who's going to win, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, like, yeah, okay. I'm not a massive subscriber. Yeah. To Just that. Follow, yeah. follow me. I, follow me here. No, no, that's I was like, that, that's a Josh. Um, yeah. yeah. Go on. <laughs> I'm speaking for everyone. That's that's yeah. Amazing. I was like, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, the the teams. So, like, when LeBron went to the Heat, so to speak. The Heat had to clear cap space so he could fit his friends, and that's how they signed them all up. That's how they got him on board. But in today's NBA, there's no team with that. The, the Thunder might have that cap space, but they suck. You know, you're not going to get LeBron to the Thunder. The teams with cap space just aren't very good. The teams who are competing have all filled their teams. You got to. We, but I mean, we saw it only two years ago with yeah, the Nets. For them to sign KD and, and Kyrie in, an, in, a, in one free agency, that's pretty significant. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Like, the Nets. Is that an outlier? The Nets, like, they, they had a, a good team. Like, if, if we think back to that Nets team before Kyrie and KD, they were on a good <sighs> thing. They were, they were, they were building. They, were, they had Sean Atkins. What's his name? The coach, uh, Kenny, Kenny, Atkins. Kenny Atkins. Yeah, um, yeah, but they weren't contenders. No, no, no they that, weren't. That was the difference, and now they are. So that I think that's you make those moves to to climb up that ladder. Yeah, they're in the Joshy Boy sweet zone. They were like yeah, yeah. fringe playoff, scrappy. I was a big bunch fan. of guys, G Leaguers. Jo- Josh would not touch the Nets with a bar, a ten foot pole. Now, <laughs> if you can buy a Patty Mills Nets jersey at Rebel Sport, Josh doesn't want it. He's no <laughs> yeah, but my point, my point is, they kind of like it started as, oh, we'll just bring KD and Kyrie into this core, and it'll be awesome. And then they got mm. there and were like, nah, fuck this call. Get rid of everyone. Uh, dude, I, I disagree. Now we're getting very sidetracked. But I, <laughs> if, if you're signing KD, you're well, not signing KD to fit into your call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like right. you're signing no. KD because KD is the best player in basketball. He's, and he's the gonna, core and he's the, the role yeah. players yeah. and yes. the coach. Yeah. He's the whole <laughs> team. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. These are, I think it's just interesting, all these different situations. One thing I think that, where these guys want to get traded, right? It's like these these fucking supermaxes take up 
such giant chunks of the yes, yeah. of the salary cap that it makes it really hard to to sign guys around them. Yeah. And I th- I think you know as someone who wants to see players stay on one team for longer because I think that's just more more fun and just more interesting for from a story's perspective. Um, you you, you just can sign them to the supermax still, but they only count to the cap as like a normal max. So like you know KD and Kyrie. Um, initially signed in free agency for whatever it was, 120 mil or 140 mil. But if he would have stayed in Golden State or the extension he signed now is 200 mil, he signed the 200, but it still only counts as like a normal max. So you're still incentivizing players to stay with their current teams, but it's not hamstringing their ability to build around them. It's like Joel Embiid signs his $200 million contract and now it's going to be fucking hard to build a team around him. And then he's going to be like, trade me. But if, that, uh, that's un- that's unless you're the Bucks and your other good players are also homegrown and you can also have their bird rights and things like that. Yeah, but that's hard. It is hard, it's but hard. it is hard. But that's the incentive. If you can, if you can do a Warriors, you can do a Bucks, and you can build with guys you drafted. You don't get hit as hard. You can give them a bit more help. No, but you still, you still do get hit as hard. Like the Bucks are going to be one of the highest tax teams, and. And that's why they've got. Let, that's why they let Brogdon. And, uh, go. and the war. I mean, the Warriors are oh, now. Obviously, me. they've won. They've had their yeah. success, but you know, it's hard to build a roster when Steph and yeah. Dre and Clay take up all of your cap. That's why they're yeah, they're two hundred million dollars into the luxury yeah. tax, and and then and then now we're talking about like okay, if your owner's a billionaire, like a real billionaire, then then you can just pay whatever you want at times, mm-hmm. and like like Steve Ballmer, like he he can pay for everybody's team if he wants to, mm. and but like. My fucking broke boy Celtics ownership group um, are trying to dodge the tax here and there to make sure they don't spend too much, which just pisses me off because they <laughs> are billionaires. But yeah, I, I, I think that that that's what I would do. I would make it count less. Like as a normal max, there's still a massive cap hit. Like Tobias Harris being on that max has screwed up the Sixers' ability to do anything um, because he's still making a lot. But yeah, I, that, that's that's what I would do. I guess I was saying it more in terms of not necessarily the financial hit to the owners, but the mere fact that you are able to sign another player. The rules won't stop you. Um, they they kind of do though. Like I understand re-signing your own your own players, mm. but like the Bucks have to trade for Holiday. Mm. They weren't able to like sign anybody, and and that, and that's you know. I suppose they'll take it, won't they? That's, that's fine as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. of course. Um, but yeah, I, and and I think the Bucks are kind of a, a an outlier as well. Chris yeah, Middleton yeah. came over in a Detroit Pistons like trade, second round pick, and Giannis was drafted in the middle of the first round. Yeah, I, just, yeah, and I'm, none of this is slander on the Bucks at all. Like, it's, no. it's just it's more it's it just all the all done. the stars aligned for them, mm-hmm. and and it came together, and they were they managed to win a championship last year. So that's, you've got to have all these ducks in a row to have the success if you're, mm. if you're going to do it this way, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. And like we saw it with the Nets and the Lakers this season, all of the, all of the yeah. ring chases are going yeah. to come to the teams that are the best. Yeah. And it's, and the teams that live in these awesome markets have an yeah. advantage. I don't know, I, but, I, you, but I just, it's still it's still not guaranteed a win, though, right? And, and that's course. that's the beauty of it. That's 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 the good. That's thing. why they play the yeah. game, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it is fascinating, though, because like yeah. for for every Lakers that can just tear it down, suck for ten years, and then click their fingers and build it oh. back up again. LeBron and AD want to come here. Yeah, Sick. yeah. 
yeah, then there's a Memphis Grizzlies who doesn't have that opportunity, doesn't have that and have to build it the right way or they're just never going to get anywhere. Um, It's interesting. Well, yeah, you shouldn't say right way, but it's just... there's No, no yeah, okay, not not right way, but... But I I like to think it's the right way, but, you know... You know what I mean? Well, I think the other, the counterpoint to this as well, and it's like, I agree with you in principle, Jake, like if we have guys who are, have these associations with their teams and they stay there for long periods, that's, that's a good thing for the league. Mm. But, you know, if you're a, if you're a young superstar on a bad franchise and they continually, you know, surround you with bad players and you just don't improve, well, then I, I don't blame any of these guys in looking for, for greener pastures. The yeah. onus is just as much on the organization to, to do whatever's in their power to, to make the team better and, and put the right pieces around you to succeed. 100%. Yeah. yeah, it makes you know, like someone like Carl Anthony Towns. He, he should have. Yeah, he, yeah. he should have oh, been man. trying to get out already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy's yeah. pissed away five years of his career. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, um, Zion's probably going to be the best test case of this. The <laughs> yeah. Pelicans, the Pelicans exactly. are going to going to be fucking a hundred, shit. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, Very good point. And he's going to try and get out. After and I his and I think con- like and then I look at the Celtics right and like if I'm Tatum, I'm I'm in a really good spot. But imagine if I got drafted by the Kings or something, I'd yeah. probably be hating life. So it's it's very like. Yeah, a lot of that is just getting could, lucky with the right organization. Could could we have a De'Aaron Fox drama on our hands? I think or he, later? he, of course. Like, why would he not be one of those these guys next? You know, because he's over. a competitive guy. I can't imagine he'll want to hang yeah. in that hellhole, competitive yeah. hellhole forever. Yeah, and somehow the coach gets to keep his job after <laughs> being awful for however long he's been there. Yeah, that was a nice little uh, transition there. I think Beatty. Speaking of homegrown talent warriors-esque Ooh. models, the Boston Celtics are back. <laughs> They're back. I can't no, even. I, I kind of. I'm kind of a little bit on board. Like I kind of really hate I know. it. Like, yeah, I know. I'm like a little bit disappointed that Beatty is actually in on the Celtics this season. We don't get to go to war. Um, but yeah, this year, this week, I mean, this week we had Marcus. Sign four for seventy seven, which is like such a good deal. Yeah, in he's, comparison to Terry Rozier getting a hundred yeah, million, that's amazing. Making yeah, Terry's making a hundred. He's making less than Lonzo. He's making who the Bulls pray to God that Lonzo is turns into Marcus Smart. Um, <laughs> making less than DeRozan, uh, Fournier, Gary Trent, Norm Powell. These guys crazy. Um, and then and the he's time your, lord is your captain essentially. He's, no, he's the he's the heart and soul. He's, mm. This this will make him kind of I think eleven years now with the Celtics at one, up to the end of the contract. Put it in the rafters. Put him up. Put the put thirty six <laughs> in the rafters now. <laughs> I reckon. Um, and then time lord four for fifty four million. Um, I'm that's, wondering. That's a big sign of faith. Big. Well, it, it is and it isn't. Thirteen and a half million per year. It's. Even if he even if he ends up being injured for the rest of his career, it's not like a, the, a crippling uh, contract. But I'm I'm wondering if because he's been around the Celtics facility a lot this offseason, if the questions they had about him committing to his body and and that kind of stuff, he's maybe answered that stuff throughout the offseason, which is why they they gave him this deal. Because if he's healthy, he's making a Clint Capella contract or a Jared Allen contract after this season. Um, he was top 10 in block box plus minus. Like if, if he's healthy, he's going to outplay this deal. Um, and you've got to take those kinds of risks as a front office. So you do end up with these deals that are, are good value. I suppose Brad knows if he's going to have a punt on one of the guys that he has been mm. coaching since he was drafted, mm. 
you'd, you'd, you'd yeah. rather that. Oh, it's an absolute no-brainer. Um, and I think Time Lord's ceiling eclipses all those guys you mentioned. Like, I still think he has monstrous, monstrous potential. Oh, so, so do I. I think he, he on both ends, there's, there's some, you know, he had the nine blocks against the Nets in mm. game two. He's like playmaking. That. He's throwing yeah. passes behind him. He's, it's yeah. great. Yeah, so you've got his, so he's a great passer, as you mentioned. You bring in Al Horford, another great passer. So mm. ball movement was a bit of an issue last season. You got two of your centers that are great ball movers. Um, but, you know, we bring in Schroeder, Richardson. We, we definitely have a lot more depth. But let me, let me um, explain to you how bad last season was, just from like a, <laughs> the roster was bad, mm. the injuries were bad, the COVID was bad. February 6th, Celtics Clippers. The Celtics started Tatum and Kemba, Grant Williams, Tristan Thompson, and Tice. Mm-hmm. They started a, a center at shooting guard, I think. I don't know who playing what position in that lineup. It's just ridiculous. Grant, Carson Edwards, Shemi, and Teague combined for 40% of the total minutes. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's pretty... Three of those guys should probably not be on NBA rosters. Where's Grant and, now? Oh, he's still on the Celtics, but now he's, now he's a 10th or 11th man, as he right. should be. Right. And now you got Marcus, the Jays, Time Lord, and you start either Neesmith or Pritchard. And then you bring in Schroeder, who, man, talk about, he's like the new Nerlens Noel. Mm. He fumbled a couple fumbled of the these bag guys pretty, now. Yeah, man. $84 million deal on the table from the Lakers. Now he's getting paid 5.9 <laughs> for Schroeder, is the best value contract in the league, probably. If one of like it is a bargain. Like, You're gonna he's like, gonna outperform that. That's for sure. He's gonna come off the bench, and he and he was a runner up for six man of the year two years ago. Mm. Like so this, this, Lakers fans yeah. are cheering. Are, are they cheering? They, they they thought they were gonna sign and trade Schroeder for Smart. I was seeing on Twitter. I was like, you guys, are, oh. how do you how do you mind? I just seen a bunch of stuff where they're like, well, mm. thank God he didn't sign that contract. We were able to go get this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Uh, would I don't know would. They would, they would have been able to sign more people without um, Schroeder. I mean, by keeping Schroeder because Westbrook making a lot more than, than Schroeder. And I'm not sure how much better Westbrook is than Schroeder. <laughs> that's a good point. To be honest. <laughs> um, but that's a, that's a, another thing. But yeah, man, um, I, this is the third best team in the East. Yeah. I, I the Very, very few weaknesses on this roster, fitness depending. Um like they they can go toe to toe with anyone. I actually do foresee, as much as Jason Tatum improves every year, I I foresee a significant improvement this year. There's going to be a mentality shift. I think he's going to actually like no no I am the best. I'm going to take these guys down. Whereas before maybe he didn't quite have that uh, killer instinct. He tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you would be able to comment on this better than me. Yeah, I, I disagree. Um, I just think last year was so rough. And, like, I don't know, you look at what he did in the last month of yeah. uh, the season. It was, like, 40 point, 50 point, 50 point. It was, it was 60 points against the Spurs. is pretty nuts. I think, yeah, I, think, I think he's always had that, man. He's just getting better. He just gets – he comes back and he's better every year. So, having that belief and then also having the ability, it's – yeah, man. He's yeah. – as much as I'll be critical <laughs> of him at times, like, he, he had a – he had some big games last year and mm-hmm. you just, you really can't ignore that. And when it happens more and more and becomes a more commonplace kind of thing, well, you just, you can't ignore no, that. But that's exactly what I mean. I think, mm-hmm. I think a lot of these games were more toward the back end of last yeah. year. I think he's going to carry that in. 
He had a, a, yeah. a strong Olympics. There was mm-hmm. certainly games I watched where even though he barely got on the court, he was probably oh. the second best player behind KD. Um, mm-hmm. And that means something. On a team where you've got all these great players, like it's the Olympics USA team, to be clearly showing as one of the better ones, that's mm-hmm. that's important. Yeah, and I think the, the thing I'm, I'm most looking forward to as a Celtics fan is this re-injection of structure and just like a, a clear path like mm. locking down your homegrown guys i think with danny ainge the whole isaiah thomas thing um hayward leaving horford leaving i don't know it was just it, it was just a rocky the whole Kyrie thing um brad has done a really good job i think this offseason bringing in Ime Adoka, who you can't find a single person that has some a bad word to say about this guy who knows he's going to be a good coach mm. but like every like all accounts and that he's going to be really good, and the thing that's going to be good is the defense. The defense was like shit last year. You're that's going to have a good defense this year. Good defense. Um, I'll leave you with this. Something I was looking up uh, before I came on here. Now, and I really appreciate this Boston Celtics love. I, it's feeling, <laughs> it's feeling my, feeling my heart. Um, Beatty knows. Like I don't know. He's got a sensor if a team's good or bad. <laughs> no, I, well, I don't know because I thought they were going to be good last year, and then obviously injuries kind of—they were one of the teams that got more affected by COVID than than mm. others, I would say. And, and ultimately, it was probably a throwaway year for them. Yeah. But yeah, man, they, they got talent on this team. Yeah, it was it was a it was a weird year in that everything went wrong, but a few things still happened that were really good. Like Tatum took a step forward, Jalen took another leap, um, Time Lord was good, Pritchard was good. There was like things that happened, but just nothing happened at the same time, mm. and so. Um, that's that's fine, but yes. Before we hopped on, I was comparing um, the Jays versus the Splash Bros in their fourth and fifth years. Steph Curry's fourth year, twenty three, four and seven on 45, 45 from three on seven point seven three point attempts, ninety percent from the line. Fuck. Tatum fourth year, twenty six, seven and four, so pretty pretty similar. More scoring, but you flip their rebounds and assists. 46% 39 from three on six point on seven point six threes per game, 87 from the line. Very like very much on par, more scoring. Clay's fifth year, 22, 3, and 4 on 47, 42, eight threes a game. Mm. Ridiculous. 90% from the line. And Jalen, 25, 6, and 3, 48, 47 threes a game, 76 from the line. Like these two dudes are like special and they're 23 years old and mm. 24 years old like i just think that i think this is going to be special for for what they're able to do as long as they can stay healthy i would love to see from a jalen perspective because he takes these huge leaps every year mm. but to me his handle can still be a little bit jagged yeah um, yeah it's, it's it's got i mean to, compared to where it was when he came in he yeah. couldn't dribble the ball yeah it's yeah, crazy yeah. But if, if he can if he can work a little bit of even like Chris Middleton like handle into his game, oh, it's gonna it's gonna be yeah. really tough to defend. I would expect it. I yeah. mean, he, he he um he's he's the fact that where he's come yeah. every year is because he's so al- he's already an assassin in the mid range and like come yeah. playoff time if you've got Jason Tatum hawking it from the from the line and from mm. near the rim and then you've got Jalen just hawking it from the mid-range, then like, and Al Horford and Peyton Pritchard shooting from the logo, and what's his name? Uh, 
minimum deal Schroeder <laughs> just, yeah. just fucking slicing his way through the defense every night. Like this team is going to be really, really tough. It's going to take like a, a, a Nets-like effort to really overcome it. They, they, the only thing they're short on is shooting um, outside of like Tatum, Jalen, and um, like Pritchard and stuff. Like Schroeder's not a great shooter. Richardson's not a great shooter. Um, and Time Lord doesn't shoot. So they're a little bit short on shooting, but I think I think that's fine. Mm. But yeah. It would have been a really interesting spot for Patty Mills if 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 he didn't know, if yeah. he didn't end up choosing the Nets. I think the Celtics would have been a, a good yeah. spot for him as well. Oh, yeah. and Jock Landale, who I wanted to bring up at oh. some point this episode. Glad I just got my opportunity there. I would have loved him on the Seas. He ended up on the Spurs, which is maybe my second best. But you know, good for Jock. Jock for Rookie of the Year. Uh, well, thanks for obliging me there, fellas. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm most impressed with Beatty. He hasn't vomited all over his desk yet. Well, we'll, I, we'll I hop- probably got him as third in the East as well, man. I, I think they're they're right up there. My my big question mark is Philly and just what version yeah. of Philly comes back. But I, I think Boston will be good. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Me too. All right, then. All righty. That's pretty much all the news, all we had to talk about this week. So until we have a little bit more, we might leave yeah, it there, think, fellas. Yeah. yeah, and I think we might do fortnightly until things start to ramp up again. Yeah, until we start doing um, our over unders again, oh. all the good stuff. It'll be very interesting to see where they set these Celtics. Yeah. Prediction, Jake. Of where they finish or where they the, put the number. Their, their line. I, I, I think I actually saw one at like forty six and a half. And oh. give me. Lock. Give me, give me <laughs> yeah. I'll lock it in. <laughs> Bit of a preview. All right. Well, until our next app, you've been tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo. Here, as always, with Matt Beatty and Jake Eisenberg. Tune in on any podcasting platform you can get your grubby little hands on. Until next week. Peace.